Fearless. Chase. Bold. Following. Courageous. Search. I'm Aaron. And I'm Marshall. And this is Undaunted Pursuit. Okay. Holy moly. It was it was a mad dash to get on here tonight. <laughs> can you hear me? Dash. Oh, I can hear you just fine. All right. Busy night for you. Yeah. Yeah. I had um let me turn this. I gotta turn this up. Ah, there we go. I'm deaf, so I gotta turn this up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like it's like get off of work and then get home. And I had so over this time away that we haven't last done since the last time we did the podcast, I have right. gotten a trailer load of wood with just a bunch of little end pieces and everything like that. So there's some longer pieces. There's some short pieces. Well, those longer pieces need to be cut because we're getting to the to the bottom of that pile, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, so it's like, OK, I'm in a hurry. I need to go do a podcast. All right, let's chop this thing. So I, uh, my shop is a mess. You can't hardly walk in there. And so I just set, I just set my chops up on the on the anvil, and uh, I, I plugged it in. I ran an extension cord real quick, plugged it in. Here I am trying to cut frozen wood just real quick. And, uh, you know, using power tools when you're in a hurry is probably not a smart idea. I have several times that it bind up on me and... Oh goodness. And then it's like, okay, I run back inside and the kids are hungry and it's like, we'll eat when I'm done with this. And, um, Ashley, she's, she'll, she'll fix it, but it's like, don't snack on anything. You'll ruin your dinner. We're going to eat this and that. And then I was like, I got to go do a podcast real quick. Just let me get out the door. (laughs) (laughs) Man, you're running around like a madman. Always. It always, it seems like that is. The normal. Yeah, something. You know. I need to. I need to get some wood. We've got a bird pit out back, or a a, uh, a fire pit out back, and uh, I've got a. Yeah. Whoops. Hang on just a minute. My uh, there we go. I've got like a a deal to hold wood and stuff back there. There's a. Anyway, I saw a guy here in town. He's been buying up lots around here and clearing them and stuff and cutting down trees. And he's got just stacks and stacks and stacks of wood. So I, I need to go down there and buy. Um, a whole load of wood for them so I can load that sucker up so we can go out there and enjoy enjoy the fire pit. But uh yeah man, while I was while I was waiting yeah, for you while I was waiting for you, I, I lay down on the couch behind me and I I, I took a nap. <laughs> took myself a nice little nap. Well I thought <laughs> I thought you were awfully quick at getting on there once I sent you the invite. <clears throat> well I was getting ready to go I had to put my phone on the charger because it was dying. And then I used the restroom and I came back in here and I hit, uh, reloaded my email and it popped up. I'm like, oh, shoot, there he is. So got on. I guess you just, so it worked out. I know. And if, uh, yeah, hey, you know, let's, I, I guess we ought to just welcome our listeners. Guys, welcome back to Undaunted Pursuit. Yes, welcome podcast. back. Glad to have you. And uh, yeah, we're just, we're just getting things started. We're going to get into Luke chapter three today, but before that, you know, as usual, we, we got stuff to talk about. Heck, we haven't been, we took last week off and now we're back at it again. So I'm sure as usual, a lot has happened within those, within the last week, you know. Yeah. So yeah. how was... Uh, how was Thanksgiving, Marshall? Uh, you know, Thanksgiving was great. Uh, my wife and I, Kelsey, we got to um, go out to Longview, Texas, which is where she's from and her parents live. So just the four of us um, got to enjoy um, about four or five days or so together, um, just having delicious food. I mean, her, her, our first night there, her dad made us a delicious salmon. Uh, it was really good. And I mean, he was making breakfast and dinners for us the whole time we were there. So it was really nice. Um, I went shopping and her mom bought us a full, pretty much a full body massage, um, which was, oh, it was great. I had a knot in my back and (laughs) this guy just got the knot out of my back. So it was nice. It was a really relaxing time and just 
got to make some new, new memories with them. And we went and looked at some Christmas lights and stuff. So it was a really good time. They just kind of spoiled us and, um, it was, it was fun. We really enjoyed ourselves. What about you? Oh, good. We just hung out here at the house. It wasn't, it, it was special, but it wasn't anything special, special, you know, it was just us hanging out. Um, Ashley, I think she cooked the greatest Turkey she has ever cooked. Yeah. I mean, this thing was perfect. And what we do, what we do every um, Thanksgiving, Ashley will, uh, she'll cook it all night long. So she'll slow mm-hmm. cook it in low heat, and then she'll get up through the night and inject that sucker all night oh, long. Yeah. And so instead of, like, basting it, we inject it, and it it is as good as fried turkey. I mean, because, you know, like mm-hmm. the moisture content of it and – um, and surprisingly, we didn't have a whole lot left over, um, enough to make a little, of course, a, a noodle dish of some sort, you know, mm-hmm. turkey Alfredo and, uh, some sandwiches, but that was, a, that was about it. Nice. That's good. So it did really good. Yeah. My, uh, brother, Matthew, he was telling me, oh, I do too. Uh, Matthew was telling me that, uh, he also had, that they have one of the best, turkeys they've ever had i think they kind of did the similar thing they injected it with uh i want to say it was some sort of like barbecue sauce or something and he said it was the most moist Ooh, that'd be and delicious turkey they've ever had and everybody just loved it they were saying all their meals were or meals all their uh, dishes and stuff were really really good so um it seems like everybody's had a really good turkey this year from what from what i'm hearing from different families and stuff well you know we like to we we wanted to stay home and Thanksgiving is one of those holidays. Like we like to try and practice that hospitality that the Bible tells us to do with a smile on our face. And so Thanksgiving is one of those times of the year that allows us to kind of like, Hey, you know, if you have no family or you need, you want something to eat, our door is open on Thanksgiving, yeah. come in and eat. And so mm-hmm. we like, we do like staying home. And, uh, and just let, letting our door open, of course, not literally speaking, cause this year was really cold. Um, <laughs> but our door is open yeah. to, to anybody who wants to come and eat, you know? Yep. So we do kind of enjoy doing that sort of thing. That's, that's what, uh, a buddy of mine, Cody and his wife, Michelle, they do, uh, they always seem to do a big Thanksgiving every year and, and, um, they're always, they say the same thing. And you know, just like you guys and your family, like, Hey, if you don't have a place to go to, you don't have family to eat dinner with or whatever, our doors open. And, and to my knowledge, you know, people, they always have a pretty good turnout of, you know, family and, and some friends that stop by and, and get some good food. And she, she, she's preparing, I think Thanksgiving, like the whole week up to Thanksgiving, she's like cooking food and prepping food and all that kind of stuff. I see her on Facebook mm. doing stuff, but um, which I think that's great. People that people do that, you know. I mean, me and my wife—it's just the two of us. So if we cook food, it's going to be small amounts. <laughs> I guess we could cook more, but yeah, um, we we haven't done that yet. But uh, the day is coming for sure. Well, that's all right. You know, hey, while we're on the topic of food, I am going to put this out here for the whole world to hear and to light a fire fire under my wife's rear end on. She is because, you know, once I put this out here publicly, she kind of has to do it now. So there's a lot of people within our friends circle that have been asking her to do a uh, a cookbook or start writing down all these recipes, all this stuff that she cooks. So here it is. Be watching for it. Hopefully within the near future. I don't know. Year or two. Maybe we'll have a cookbook. Ashley will have a cookbook out there and, uh, well, you know, I mean, if you, if any of you ever saw me, (laughs) I married a woman that can cook. This is true. This is very true. I can vouch. I can vouch for Aaron. Um, I have eaten his wife's delicious food before Kelsey and I, my wife went up there for Christmas a few years ago and, uh, we were very well taken care of, had some delicious food. Uh, so yes, she makes, mm-hmm. so uh, to say that, to say that whatever that comes out in this cookbook, I'm telling you, it's going to be good home cooked meals. Then you will want to buy that cookbook and you will want to f- 
cook those meals because I promise you they're going to be good. And I'm not just saying that because Aaron and I are friends and because I love these guys because it's the <laughs> truth. It's going to be good food. So, so just be keeping an eye out for that. Well, you know, Marshall Kelsey is no slouch either. I've seen those pictures that come through. She, oh, yeah. she looks like she can cook pretty good. She can, man. She's you know, she's really but come there a is long one way. thing I do have to Yeah, I do have to brag though that you know, when you have a woman that can cook for you and you know, come like Valentine's Day, you get um creme brulee and chocolate covered strawberries. Uh, yeah, there's something special about that. And she can whip up. And I'm telling you what, Marshall, that we have, we've had this sourdough start going for uh, a long time now. I mean, it's a hundred year old recipe, but the stuff Ashley can do with a sourdough starter is just, it's phenomenal. I Mm -hmm. I don't know. She, it, she made, uh, we we make anywhere from stinking you know regular sourdough bread to pancakes and waffles and uh, muffins and uh, cakes and oh the sky's the limit when it comes to sourdough. So if you don't have a sourdough, you need to get a hold of it. You need to come visit me, Marshall, and we'll give you a stinking sourdough start. Well, well, um, you know, and I can also vouch for the bread uh, that uh, Ashley's made. I've had their bread back when they lived in Tennessee. Uh, she made some bread and it was delicious and it was fresh out of the oven. You talk about smelling good. Oh man, the whole house smelled like fresh baked bread. And I'm pretty sure when we were up there for Christmas, I think Ashley made that creme brulee, I believe. I think she did. Cause I remember the little dishes and she, that she put in there no, when we were up there. It's I pretty life changing. Oh, it's, it, it is pretty darn good. <laughs> um, you know what she should do Bef- well, you know, before like, we get off, What's before that? we get off the subject of, of, uh, of what we're talking about here, uh, it would be neat is if she, uh, put a section in, in, in her cookbook of, uh, maybe close family friends and add some of their recipes in there too, just to kind of give a little bit of a, I don't know, just to make it kind of fun and interesting for, um, maybe other people to be a part of, of what she's doing there. That's a, that is a phenomenal idea. I do like that. Mm-hmm. And I got, I was going to try and look back on what's the most recent dish you sent me. Oh, don't. Oh yeah. It was just a, yeah. Like this. Okay. So like Kelsey minestrone soup, baked flautas or however you say it. And a <laughs> ding dong for dessert rum. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That minestrone soup looked pretty sick, you know. It, it was good. It was really sick good, as I'm good. Saying. Oh yeah, yeah, it was tasty. My wife has come. Up, I mean, when we first got married, she wasn't a whole lot into baking and cooking, but man, over the years, she has grown and learned so much, and she cooks some really phenomenal food. I, I mean, like Aaron, I'm blessed when it comes to having a wife that can cook well. Um, it goes to show I put on a few pounds over the past few years. <laughs> um, and well, you need to. I eat well. I <laughs> well, maybe a little bit, but not. I've not, been trying to get much. you. I've been trying to get you fat for the longest time. <laughs> I think it's that high metabolism I've going for me. <laughs> well, I can't wait till you get older because we need to get you fat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a. I'm a quarter of the way there, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, and the funny thing is, you know, it's like to have a woman that can cook is uh, rare in today's society. It is. You know, you know comparatively. But, well, you know. Uh, it's definitely, it's needed. Oh, definitely. I, I remember a episode of Duck Dynasty when Phil Robertson was flaying a fish, I believe, with uh, one of his grandsons, and um, he was talking to him about finding him a a, a good woman who can cook, and you know, steer clear of them yuppie girls out there who don't know how to cook you a meal. Yeah, you'll, you'll starve <laughs> to death if you have one of them girls. So, uh, from the wise words of uh, Phil Robertson, find yourself a, a a a a wholesome woman who can cook for you. Well, you know, and the funny thing is, find somebody that's not scared to, um, to to clean an animal either. So here's the funny thing is, is the other day the kids had had a friend had some friends over, and right now we live in town, and it's so funny they shot 
and killed a a squirrel. And I, I've always told them that it's like I, I encourage him killing a squirrel because I like squirrel. I like how squirrel tastes. And so mm-hmm. um, they finally pulled it off the other day. But I was at work. So here I am talking to him on the phone. Um, they've got me on video call and it's the, the boys were trying to skin it, gut it uh, all by themselves. <laughs> and so here I am talking them through it on video chat. I'm like, okay, boys, you gotta, I was like, here, look at me. And I put my arms out and I was like, you got to cut down there. I was like, put your, um, put your knife across the head, like perpendicular to the, to the animal. And I was like, you got to cut its head off. You got to make a slit down the arms and then you can pull it off like a skit, like a sock. And, um, though they were all proud of themselves. They, they cleaned and gutted it. But of course, Ashley had to help them. So, and you know, that's, it's really nice that, you know, to have a woman that can, um, you know, that's there with them. That's not scared to get their hands dirty either. Oh yeah, you know? definitely. That's, that's a rare thing. Heck, she was going to make them a squirrel stew. Oof. oof. Yeah. See, I, I never had that, but I've always heard it's good. And I've always wanted to try it. Well, you know, when I was, uh, when I was young and I was working, remember when I worked for the conservation department, Yep, I, do. I would always bring in, I was always killing squirrels. I would bring in squirrel quarters that I'd, I'd take them. I'd, I'd quarter up a squirrel and, uh, I'd lay them out on a cookie sheet and I'd bake them in the oven. And I'd baste them with barbecue sauce. And I always loved eating them that way. Mm, that sounds good. I'll have to try it one of these days. Yeah. So anyway, I was proud of them. But, you know, while we're on that subject, they, we were, me and Logan were out, which is my third oldest, or if you want to look at it, the third, uh, second, uh, yeah, third oldest. I don't know if there's any other way to put it. Anyway, you know who Logan is. Anyway, mm-hmm. we and him, I, it was his turn to go hunting with me the other morning. And it it was funny. You know, every anytime you take a kid hunting, uh, you got to be prepared to leave early. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not going to get a full day's hunt out of them. You're not going to. But it's it's not about, um, it's not necessarily about the hunt. It's about getting them out there, showing them how to hunt and showing them. So I can show them in little doses. No problem. But it was it was funny. We get out there just before daybreak. Um, we were only out there for like two hours. But uh, I was like, "All right, if we don't see anything, it will leave at eight o'clock." Because it was just it was Sunday morning, and I was like, "Well, we're close enough to the house. We'll we'll go hunting. If we don't see anything, we'll leave at eight. We can still be at church by ten. You know, so no big deal." And uh, it was just starting to get light and it was cold. It was windy and there was a storm coming in, you know, snowstorm coming in. And uh, he's like, is it eight o'clock yet? I was like, dude, I was like, man, you got to give us a little bit of time. He's like, I was like, yeah. And so every time we're out there, I'm trying to talk to him about, hey, you know, this is a good thing. Everybody has to know how to hunt. You know, maybe there's come a one day that, um, uh, you won't be able to buy food from the grocery store. You've got to know how to hunt, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. You got to know how to get your own food. I mean, it's even, it's even biblical. Like we've talked before that God gave yeah. us these animals and he's like, well, we could go, you know, why couldn't we go to the store and buy it? I was like, well, that's the point. What happens when the store runs out of food or yeah. what happens, you know, what happens when we can't afford to just go out and buy it? This stuff is, you know, it's not medicated. It's not, uh, you know, it's completely natural. Why, why don't we just take advantage of what God has given us rather than relying mm-hmm. on somebody else to, uh, to provide that for us, you know? Exactly. Yeah, most definitely. <clears throat> now that's a good, it's a very good thing to learn how to do and to know how to do. Yeah. So yeah, either way, it's been, been a good week, been eventful. We're back into oh, we're yeah. back into our small group now on Monday nights, and that's been good. We're still kind of kind of walking our way through Romans, and as usual, that's that's such a good book, such yeah. a good book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. We did though, Marshall, get to talking about Revelation. Have you ever done a Revelation study? I haven't. I've started reading through it myself um, a while back. It's been a while since I've gotten back into it, but I haven't done a full study on it. I'm kind of. I was telling a small group yesterday that it's like, you know, as far as this podcast goes and everything, I just don't feel, um, I, you know, if we ever got into it on this podcast, we, it would, it would, it would be 100% Holy Spirit led. 
because Mm -hmm. of the fact that I just, at this point in time, I just don't feel like we could, there's so much up for interpretation in that book. I don't know how anybody Mm -hmm. um, does a revelation can, can teach revelation and interpret revelation in a way, you know, because it's so the way we explained it to one of the other people in our small group was it's, it's so metaphorical, you know, nothing is, nothing is as it, 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 none of the book could be literally taken literally. Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's different. (laughs) I would like to hear a study done on revelation because they, there was somebody else had made the comment that if you do study revelation, um, you, you, you do get blessed. It's like one of those, it, it's one of those books, like you are blessed if you do the study, right. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of good studies out there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be interested. You know, Hey, if any of you, uh, are versed on revelation, you know, we'd love to have you on the podcast. We would drop us an email. So yeah, no kidding. Undaunted pursuit at gmail.com. It's, it's that easy. <laughs> All right. Don't be scared. Well, Luke chapter three. We're getting, yeah, right. We're getting into this and uh, we're going to get into John the Baptist. Uh, he's, he's growing up now. He's, he's preaching in the wilderness and um, chapter two ended with, uh, you know, Jesus was teaching in the temple as a child and mm-hmm. um, had sep- got sent, gotten separated from his parents, uh, you know, from uh, Mary and Joseph and, um, you know, they're reunited and he, he's obeyed them. So there's, there's a little, he kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. That's where chapter two ends up. Uh, so now here we go with, uh, John the Baptist. He's an adult and, uh, the way Luke kind of portrays this, uh, he, he, he starts chapter three with, um, who's in power. And what that's doing is that is showing us that, you know, he's relating all this stuff. Every time he starts this, um, he's re- relating it historically. He's telling you, he's putting this in a, in a time frame for, um, for us reading it so that we know um, at what point in history this took place. And so now in the 15th year, uh, Tiberius Caesar's reign when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod uh, Antipas was tetriarch of Galilee and his brother Philip was tetriarch of the region of uh, I'm I'm not even going to try and butcher those names. Um, We'll (laughs) let you go ahead and read those for yourself in the high priesthood. Oh, man. In the high priesthood of Ananias and Cephas. His son-in-law, the word of God, came to John, uh, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. So here we are, because we, we're going to focus in on Herod, and uh, we've established at what time period that is. And now John is, is, as we've stated before, he has he's here to pave the way for right. Jesus. And we're going to see we're going to see in this chapter that um, people kind of start thinking that, oh, you know, John might be the Messiah himself. And he's going to, he's going to put a hard stop on that too. Yep. Um, As we, as we move on, man, I must be really close to this mic. I can hear me talking through you. I can hear it through (laughs) your things. So as prophesied, um, John had to, he's going to go and preach baptism and repentance and it, it goes on in verse three here and he went into all the country around Jordan preaching a uh, preaching a baptism of re- repentance for the forgiveness of sins and as we as we go on it, he's going to Luke is bringing in Luke is showing us that because uh, he's going to go on and quote Isaiah and uh, for this for the sake of showing us that, that this is all prophesied and what John is doing, it has to be fulfilled. So John has to do what he has to do in his ministry for the prophecy to be fulfilled. Just as Jesus is going to, you know, Jesus is here to fulfill prophecy and forgive us of our sins as well. Mm-hmm. So I like this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to read all this. We're going to paraphrase this chapter. And um, I, I like John was, John the Baptist was, was, Pretty aggressive, wouldn't you say, Marshall? Yeah, he is very in his bold. Preaching style. Yeah, he was. He wasn't afraid. I mean, he was very just like, 
what's up? <laughs> right. Well, and you see, as we as we get into verse seven here, um, he he says to the crowds something very familiar that we'll see uh, later on um, that Jesus saying as well. But you know, he says. So he began by saying to the crowds who were coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath of God that is to come. So mm-hmm. he starts this out. He, he starts out his uh, his preaching like, who, you brood of vipers? He, he pretty much like insults them first. And then he's like, who, who told you to, who told you that you needed to repent from your sins? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. and- Go ahead. No, I was going to, I was going to kind of explain that. Unless that's what you were going to do. No, go ahead. Extend on it. Yeah. Well, like I always do guys in my, <laughs> in my little explanation of my Bible here, it says some people, you know, talking about that when he says, um, you brood of vipers who warn you to flee from the coming wrath. Uh, some people wanted to be baptized by John so they could escape eternal punishment, but they were not really repenting from sin, nor were they willing to change the way they lived. John had harsh words for such people. He knew that God, uh, he knew that God values reformation above ritual. Uh, the confession of sins and changed life is inseparable. So, you know, it, it, I found that interesting when I was reading that. That you know, people they they just wanted they wanted the gift without the sacrifice, essentially, um, of you know of actually repenting of their sin. It was just a show. Is what it was. Yeah, it's the same thing mm-hmm. that Jesus is going to deal with later on. Um, you know that these religious leaders were. Um, I've heard it put in a. It, it was a shallow faith. It was. It was just a, a big show. They were hypocrites, mm-hmm. and so of yeah. course that's how he's. That's why John the Baptist is going about it this way because these guys are just in it for the show. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So here we are, you know, he's going to tell them what they have to do, what is expected of you to do. How do you, how do you repent? How do you truly repent and, um, and, and, and get, and gain forgiveness of your sin, if, I, if I'm putting that correctly. And so he's going to go on in verse eight there, therefore produce fruit that is worthy of and consistent with your repentance. That is to live a life. Uh, sorry, um, live changed lives and turn from sin and seek God and his righteousness. Not saying, you know, we've talked about this time and time again. It's not saying that they're never going to sin again. It's saying that you want to live that life always, always striving towards what God's will is in your life. Yeah. Does that make sense, you know, Marshall? Yeah, it definitely does. And, you know, I've got a little... Uh, another explanation and I want to touch on this real quick because I heard a, a sermon at a church you went to in Longview of the weekend and it kind of says this but it says many of John's hearers uh, were shocked when he said that being Abraham's descendants was not enough to ensure salvation the religious leaders relied more on their family lines than on their faith for their standing with God for them religion was inherited but a personal relationship with God cannot be handed down from parents to children. That part right there, uh, you know, our, th- this pastor we had listened to over the weekend at this church out in Longview, Texas, he had said just that. You know, he was like, just because your 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 grandparents or your parents have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, doesn't mean that you're automatically a Christian. You still have to take that leap right. of faith yourself and trust in the Lord and accept Him as your personal Lord and Savior and follow that with baptism. And it's the same for for parents. If 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 parents or grandchildren or, or grandparents, if your if your grandchildren or your or your or your children um, are saved and Christians, it doesn't mean that you automatically uh, get to become Christians because that. it doesn't rub off on you, right? It's not like a good smelling clone. You hug them and you smell like that, right? And now right. you. And now you have that good clone. No, you have to actually accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So I really like that he pointed that out. Yeah, it's not like, you know, we have that old adage, you're, you're guilty by association. Well, yeah. you're not saved by association. You know, you're no, not. Absolutely. Um, you, you actually, it's, you actually have to strive for it. And you actually do have to work for it. You have to work at it. The more, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what it says here. Um, 
live changed lives, turn from sin, and seek God. Seek God is what you want to stand out. If you continually, even though you are a sinner and will always be a sinner the, um, in this mortal body, to continually seek God is to, um, you will live a changed life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, and, and kind of piggybacking off of what you said there, Marshall, and he, he goes on to kind of scold them. And don't don't uh, even begin to say to yourselves as a defense, we have Abraham for our father, and so our heritage mm-hmm. our heritage assures us of salvation. You know, and that still that still rings true today in some yeah. in some Jewish circles that they, they're still they still think that they're good to go because they're they're Jewish. We have this covenant, we have this promise from God that we're gonna be saved, that we're his chosen people. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. But then then he goes on to turn the tables that he says, For I say to you that from these stones God is able to raise up children, descendants, which are descendants, uh, of Abraham, for God can replace the unrepentant, regardless of their heritage, and with those who are obedient. So he's he's also making an uh, exclamation of God's power. That's you know, just like Adam and Eve, just like all of us were created out of dirt. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. that God can take these stones. And he can just make more if he wanted to, if he wanted to make more people, if he wanted to make uh, slaves, he could make slaves, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that's not, that's not what God's will is in our lives. Mm -hmm. Your, your verse nine, what does your verse nine say there? Um, So even now the acts, and this is of God's judgment was what is what the acts means is swinging towards the root of the trees. So every tree that does not produce good fruit, is being cut down and thrown into the fire. And that okay. good fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just curious all, if yours was going to be similar fruit. to mine in the writing. Yeah. What What does yours say? Is it, it's similar. It should it's be. I think I looked at the same thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, God is going to weed out the the good and the bad. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so of course, through this whole preaching, the the crowd's like, oh, you know, they kind of get this feeling of uh, doom and gloom. It's like, well, you know, what do we do? <laughs> what is there any hope for us? Well, yeah, there yeah. is hope. You know, that's what John is here to do. He's here to pave the way for Jesus. He's here to show that Jesus is our hope. You know, mm-hmm. so the crowds yep. ask them, then what do we do? Love your neighbor, love the Lord your God, and love your neighbor is put in so many different ways in in the Bible. And here it is, we're going to see it again as we go into verse eleven. Um, and John replying to to them, and basically he could have just come out and said, uh, "Love one another," but he says, "The man who has two tunics is to share with him who has none." And he who has food is to do the same. And then he goes on to talking about mm-hmm. he, he's going to address these other um, power positions, I guess, that, you know, um, what's the within their society, you know, the tax collectors and the soldiers. And, um, you know, because those the reason he brings those up is those guys were known to um, take a little more than their fair share. They were to live. Uh, oh, man. They, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I can't think of it. They're, they're kind of, they, they, they weren't, they normally slick people, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, yeah. they made a habit of slicking people out of their money or out of their stuff. You know, the soldiers would, would blackmail people. The tax collectors would skim a little off the top, you know? Right. And so he, he pretty much goes on to tell them, don't collect more than what, you were ordered to collect and the soldiers don't uh, harass or blackmail anybody be satisfied with what you're making. And that's also in a roundabout way, telling them to rely on God and put faith and trust in what God has given them in their lives to, to supply their needs. Exactly. Yeah. So here we, here we go. We mentioned this just a little while ago. So now the people were in, a state of expectation, and they were all wondering in their hearts about John as to whether he was the Christ or the Messiah, the anointed. And then he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, 
you guys are getting the wrong idea here. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so he he's going to clearly reject this thought that um, he might be. So, you, you know, one can think that this must have been a pretty powerful message. And, you know, it's funny how God would work through a guy that is so um, he, he would be like our equivalent of a transient or, our, uh, uh, you know, a homeless person on the street, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you know that you don't. He he had nothing, and of course, yeah. Jesus in his ministry had nothing, mm-hmm. and had everything all at the same, all at the same time. Yeah. So John answers him by saying, "I baptize you only in water, mm-hmm. but the one who is more powerful and more noble than me is coming." He's like, and he he hammers this home even further to say that he's because. Washing the person that washed the feet is um, was kind of a low role in that time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to find it here. Um, yeah, okay. So one of the lowest roles in during that time of uh, was uh, the person washing the people's feet of guests, you know. And John yeah. makes it a point that the, Jesus, who is who's here, the the one who he's paving the way for, he's not even fit to untie his sandals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's not, he, he's lower than the foot washer, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and we all are. Oh, yeah. So, you know, John the Baptist baptizing in water. But what Jesus has to offer, he's going to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And those who, and those who remain unrepentant and live, remain in sin are to be baptized in fire or with fire. So then he mm-hmm. goes on, he goes on to talk about, um, another analogy. He's, he's just, um, in his way, uh, his unusual and uh, this forceful preaching that he's, he's talking about, you know, in that time you would have, uh, a farmer would use a, uh, a fork to, to separate the, the good wheat from the chaff, which is the bad, like the, I can assume the shells of the, of the wheat and would mm-hmm. do that. And then, and then of course they would burn up the, they would burn that stuff, the, the chaff, and then they would keep the good stuff, the stuff for eating, you know? Yep. And uh, so he's going to make that analogy going into verse 17, that his winnowing fork is in his hand. And uh, you know, that's what he, he's, He's driving this home. He's talking about, you know, Jesus is coming to, uh, to separate, um, to gather the believers into his kingdom, but then he will burn up the, un, uh, the chaff, the unrepentant with unquenchable fire. Mm, unquenchable fire. So, That's, that'll put some fear in you. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, you ever burned your finger? And you know, and burned your hand, or I, you know, I've grabbed, I've grabbed. Uh, back when I started, was learning how to blacksmith. We were using a, uh, we were heating it up with wood, heating our metal up with wood, and using a cement block, stupidly, to as our anvil. And when that block broke, it was I naturally grabbed that hot metal, and uh, and you know, burned my hand. Could you imagine? that that burning and it couldn't be quenched i I could i could go i ran back to the house and i put my hand in the freezer just to just to quench it but could you imagine that burning sensation all the time Mm -hmm. you know never going away and so with many other appeals we're in verse 18 so with many other appeals and various admonitions john preached the good news which is the gospel to the people we're gonna get luke kind of it's kind of funny how Luke jumps around because he's going to go into Herod and his uh, jealousy or, or hatred towards John, and um, and then he jumps back into Jesus' baptism. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's kind of it's kind of weird why why I think, Luke I would think do Luke this. is ADD. Right? He's like, oh, by the way, yeah, Jesus showed up in, in John the Baptist. Bird, but but you know i've i've read this i've read this chapter several times now and i i i didn't i had to read it a couple of times to to realize what was going on so uh, apparently herod was married in like uh, it was uh illegitimate or it wasn't it was frowned upon for some reason but uh, of course i'm not 
we're, we're just, we've said this again before that we're just a couple of guys trying to give you our interpretation of, um, of the Bible and trying to, trying to learn along with all of you. So that being said, um, Marshall, I heard, I was reading this and Herod was married to his brother's wife. So it would be John the Baptist's brother as his own. So Herodias. So I, I didn't, I never picked up on that before. And of course, uh, John the Baptist was, uh, must have, uh, publicly showed his disapproval for this, um, either several times or enough. So it says here that was uh, repeatedly reprimanded and convinced, uh, convicted by John's disapproval for having Herodias as his brother's wife as his own and for all the wicked things that Herod had done. So, um, obviously John had talked about this before. So he also added them, uh, added this to them all he locked john's up he locks john up in prison you know i guess he finally gets fed up with whatever john is saying now it says down here the herods were just a very um they were very uh, uh murderous and deceitful family um because uh, herodias was Herod's niece, like you were saying, and also his brother's wife. And she is the one who would treacherously plot John the Baptist's death eventually. So pretty, pretty evil. In, people. In a, we'll, we'll get in, we'll get into that later as we, as we progress forward. Cause it's kind of a, it, it's kind of a, a rather disgusting request that she makes, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. it, it's, yeah. um, yeah, it, it, you know, it's like, really, you know, it, it's, <laughs> I, there's no yeah. words to really describe it. It's just like, you would request that, really? Well, we'll get into it Any, either way. So now, like I said before, we're going to go into Jesus' baptism. We're going to go back to that. So, um, so now when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, the visible... So this is what is cool, because it makes it a point in my Bible. It says, uh, so Jesus comes, and he's like, no, you know... You can get better context rather than reading through the book of Luke if you look back in uh, Matthew or, uh, or even Mark and, and how this how this played out, how when Jesus showed up to get baptized. But um, obviously he gets baptized by John, and uh, now while he was praying, it says, the visible heaven was opened. I just thought that was pretty cool because obviously it must have been um, it must have been a happening. You know, it must have been a, a sight because then it goes on to say, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, my beloved in you. I am well pleased and delighted. Here we see. And I, have we covered that yet, Marshall, that um, we have that the Holy Spirit is also a him and not an it. You know, right. That yeah. it, it yep. is also, you, you know, that that the Holy Spirit is not in it. It's him. So here yeah. we see here we see that the Holy Spirit de- uh, descended on Jesus in bodily form like a dove. So I wonder what mm-hmm. I wonder what representation the Holy Spirit. I, 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 I wish I could be there to see it is what I'm trying to say. You know, yeah. And it, it makes you wonder, you know, bodily form like a dove you know, does that mean the Holy Spirit can take on different forms, you know, different bodily forms based on the situation, based on, you know, whatever is happening in that moment, you know, because if it's in bodily form, well, like you a know, dove, I mean, I mean, God can do it every once, right? But in yeah, this his context, power is limitless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And so, you know, as we, as we finish out this chapter, you know, so here we are. This is Jesus's baptism is like the kickoff. It's like the, um, it's like the, it's the kickoff to his public ministry. This is, this is going to be, this is when it gets kicked into high gear. Mm-hmm. And as we move forward, um, it, it, it only gets better from here, you know? Mm-hmm. So Luke chapter three, we're not going to, go through it because it, it gets really long and um, it's the genealogy of Jesus and Luke being the historian and not an eyewitness. 
um, I guess there is some there is some back and forth, and um, there I guess there's people that'll agree and disagree with what I'm about to say. But I think that um, Luke puts this genealogy in here to show that Jesus was human, that mm-hmm. he was, uh, and that you know, he puts this genealogy in also to show the line that he was from, because as prophesied, it. it Jesus had to come from the line of David and ultimately he goes all the way back to Adam to the very beginning to the first man and um so anyway there's several reasons why the genealogy of Jesus is is written down yeah and it goes through it goes through all the sons of uh, of everybody you know yeah but the, the main point is it, it goes it does go all the way back to Adam the son of God right I have to say that in chapter four, in my opinion, it gets interesting. I like what starts to happen next. Um, yeah. There's just some interesting stuff coming up that you guys won't want to miss. Right. Well, it'd be interesting in how we do the next chapter, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't know how we're, how we're going to do that yet. But um, yeah, anyway, so there you go. That's, that's Luke chapter three. Maybe it's not the stuff. best explanation, but you know, it, it puts it plainly. Yeah. And so, all right. Well, everybody, thanks again for listening. And uh, we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in every week and listening to us, uh, all of our stories and all yes, of this we thing. Do. And I hope that you guys are enjoying our uh, walk through Luke. And of course, we'll be back here again next week with chapter four. So go on, read it, read it. Uh, of course, we always encourage you guys to read through these chapters too, and see, follow along with us. And you know, and it's it's always good to read for yourself. You know, get in that word daily. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, well, you have anything else to add, Marshall? No, I was going to say that as always, guys, don't forget to go back or go out there and follow us um, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you guys have any questions or concerns, just want to reach out and say hi, you can always email us at undauntedpursuit at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from y'all. Love to hear your two cents. Uh, It's always good to get a different point of view from our listeners. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. And Marshall, for future reference, I add in a call to action at the end of this. Remember, we pre-recorded that. (laughs) That's true. That's true. But what I can't remember is if it has a... um, but it doesn't hurt to have you guys hear it again. But if I if I can't I can't remember. Do we have a you guys either way? You guys need to go on to iTunes and give us a good rating, <laughs> good review, yeah, and and boost us there. That way we can get noticed even more. Um, either way, and you guys will hear this again if I'm mistaken on this. You know, of course I add this stuff to the end of it. Whatever, who knows? Anyway, um, <laughs> it's time to go eat dinner. I'm starving to death. It's time for me to go so relax. let's end this podcast, huh? All right. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm ready to take my boots off. I got to plug the heater back in, you know? All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Bye. See you later. Hey, guys, and thank you for listening to Undaunted Pursuit Podcast. Give us a good rating on iTunes, good review, leave us five stars, and follow us on YouTube. Click that subscription bell. Keep up to date with the newest episodes. And don't forget to follow us on other social media outlets such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you ever have any questions, don't hesitate to email us at undauntedpursuit at gmail.com and go to our website at undauntedpursuit.podbean.com. And don't forget, if you like what you're hearing, go to Patreon, follow us on Patreon, subscribe to our channel there there's a small tier for donations any help any support this podcast is made possible by you the patron we thanks for listening we'll see you guys next time see ya
the cross, the veil was torn, and the enemy lost. Boom! You ripped the curtain down to save sinners like me. How sweet the sound! Boom! Let the drum play on in hearts and minds. This victory song to anyone who's willing to make. Song to any 